Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. On this podcast, everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to women who have a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories, so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. And I love the fact that today we have a guest on our podcast who has a real story of perseverance and success. I'm excited. Our guest today, Lisa Shavra, is a entrepreneur. She is a life coach. Uh, she talks about the five rings of success, and she is a former Olympian. Go figure. This is so exciting. I think you're my first Olympian. So I am thrilled, absolutely thrilled to welcome Lisa to this conversation today. And uh, Lisa, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you and say, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself. And let's get into your story. Hi, uh, I'm so happy to be here. It's, it's just such an honor. And my story, you know, everybody thinks of success as going like a straight arrow from point A to point B, the shortest point is there. And mine is definitely not like that, just like I'm sure a lot of your listeners and maybe even yourself, it's not that way. It seems like it goes one way and then oops, something happens and gets you off to the right. And then it zigzags, zigzags until you finally get to that spot. And, and that's how my story was even just getting to the Olympics. It's wow. Not, it's not always a straight line. It is not always a straight line. Okay, well, this sounds like a great chef salad. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your background, sort of where you grew up, um, what your uh, early years looked like, maybe a couple of experiences uh, that you are thinking about now. I know some of our guests said, will say, um, geez, I haven't thought about that in forever. So let's go back to forever and hear a little bit about your beginning. Oh, my beginning, well, my mom, she always thought I was gonna be a musician. I mean, I took uh, tap dance, ballet, played the piano, the violin, but I saw girls, I would walk home past a school. It wasn't the elementary school I went to, but I would walk home past school and I would see girls over there playing softball. And mm. I would, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be outside and play. And one day my mom, you know, signed me up. Now I was that person that got to play the uh, token two innings per week, you know, shoved you <laughs> with the right field, but that's not where I wanted to be. I think my, my determination was, I, it was in me, you know what I mean? From just a very young age. And I saw the pitcher, the pitcher had the ball all the time. And that's just what I wanted to do. So I, I drug a friend out um, and made him catch me. He was probably the only person that would. And, uh, and he would just shake his head like, oh, my God, she's never going to get this. But I, he just kept plugging away and he kept catching. And all of a sudden, one day, ping, there it was, strike, strike. And it's just that determination, that focus, that um, courage to keep going really is the driving force behind a lot of people's success. Because 
if I would have, if I would have just said, oh my God, I'm never going to get this or listened to that person, even though, I mean, it was like a joke, but for real, like he was just his frustrations of catching balls like over his head and flailing all over the place. <laughs> you know, he, he stuck to it, but I stuck to it, you know, because I really wanted to do it. And that was, that was the beginning of the journey of me becoming a pitcher, which eventually helped lead me to going on. Was it just because it was fun or was there something that really drew you to number one, the sport, because you were that in girl, indoor girl doing the piano lessons and all of the artistic things. Um, but you had a different, a different thought about what being creative meant. <laughs> well, and I still enjoy those things circle back all the way mm. back. I'll, currently I have ballroom dancing. Oh, I love it. For the last six months, go figure. And my father wasn't in the picture from such a young age. Um, and my mom had has recently just broken her hip and had emergency surgery. And everything was just stressful like on my life. Even for my mom too, obviously, but for me as a caretaker and trying to make sure everything's taken care of for her. And one of my mentors, and I believe everybody should have a mentor and coach, even I have them, he gave me permission to do something for myself, to find a little joy and happiness, even if it's just an escape, you know what I mean, for 45 minutes. And you know what I said, I've been wanting to do this forever. My husband, he doesn't want to do it with me. I mean, he does, but he doesn't, you know, so I'm not going to wait for him another year. I'm going to do it. I called up and I took the lesson. Next thing you know, I'm taking four more lessons and my mom, you know, is, and I said, mom, I'm sorry. This is, I can't do it today. I have, I finally broke down. I was feeling guilty about it, but I finally broke down. I told her, mom, I have a dance lesson and she goes, oh, really? Where? You know, she's asking just like a mom would. I shouldn't be feeling guilty, but just like a mom is I'm just happy that I'm doing something right. And and I tell her, oh, I'm taking dance lessons from Arthur Murray. And and she goes, oh, what kind of dances? And I said, well, many of them, but these are the ones I'm doing right now. And she goes, you know what? She goes, your dad used to teach uh, dance lessons at Arthur Murray. And I'm like, what? Look at that. It was full so, circle. Full circle. And what's funny is, is the dance instructor said, you've taken dance lessons before. I said, no, I, I did a little ballet and stuff when I was five, six years old, seven, maybe, you know, but that was it. And then the next instructor, a different person said, you've taken dance lessons before. I said, no. And then it's kind of funny Then when my mom told me that maybe a week or two weeks later, I'm like, there it is. It was kind of like in the blood. So it was in the blood. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> circulating inside me. I don't know. But that creativity comes out. It's going to find its way sometimes. You know, I mean, I wish I would have done that sooner. But you know what? I don't regret having done the things that I've done. I was always into sports. I wanted to be outside. So I played softball, of course. But I played volleyball. And basketball was the one that was like, keeping me in shape between the two sports, right? Because volleyball here is in the spring, I mean, in the fall and softball's in the spring. So basketball's that in-betweener, you know, to kind of keep you in shape, ready. <laughs> you had a sport for every season. I did. Just and Keep going. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, I mean, that tells me just, you've never put yourself in a box. You've never limited yourself and say, well, uh, I play softball. I'm really not a basketball person. And so many people do that. We do that with a lot of things in our lives, right? 
well, I like to cook, but I don't like to uh, do this. Or I, I only do this. And, you know, here you are. You're like, okay, what, what month is it? Let me see what I need to do. <laughs> or, what, you know, you, if, if I love that. That, athletic, is, that tells me a lot about you. If you're athletic and you want to do something, it doesn't have to be sports even. And it can be hiking. It could be, I mean, you know, it can be something different or it can be, I consider at least the way I'm doing it. <laughs> ballroom <laughs> sport let me tell you um uh it's kind of evolved into like i'm getting ready for like some competitions or something coming up i'm like what <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's fun and but the, the main thing is you should have fun and sometimes that fun or that passion can lead you to a new career maybe it's your dream career something that you've just always wanted to do and step away from that old job that's just not making you happy you know maybe maybe you do it part-time just to kind of get that spark of that joy and then it goes into full-time who knows you know what your passion is going to lead you to but you you have to find joy in your life because that is going to help you get over those uh, pressure moments get over that pressure moment you know if it's it's just, if it's as simple as finding 10 minutes to read a book but you can't just find that time to do it just just schedule it, make time. And next thing you know, oh, I'll just give myself 20 minutes. And you put that cell phone down, you put that, you know, put the distractions away and just allow yourself to be and live in the present moment. It just, it really helps with everything. You know, I didn't know that at first, trust me, I've lived through some, you know, events. Uh, when I was playing softball, when I was younger, I was on the first, um, first junior Olympic softball team. And what had happened was, is the team that I went to the, the nationals with, the 18 and under team, they said that that was going to be the first team that could, that would represent the U.S. in the first junior Olympics in Canada. I thought it was a done deal. You mm. know what I mean? My team, me, pitcher, yep. everybody yep. else on my team. Yeah, yep. we might pick up a few other people, you know, just to have backups and whatever, but it was our team. Next thing you know, my mom you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but she wanted me out of the hustle and bustle of California, you know, and thought by transplanting me to Oklahoma, we lived there one summer and she goes, oh, this is kind of a nice, slower placed, you know, environment. Let's get her out of here, um, so to speak. Of course, I'm kicking, you know, being a California girl. screaming, of yeah, course. exactly. Yeah. But I- We're going you know, where? Yeah, I'm going where? <laughs> and so- but I, I did, but just from that move and that transition, all of the adults um, in my life were, or not even in my life, outside of my life, but you know, whatever, we're stewing over here. How can we get on the team? I mean, I didn't realize what was going on. But next thing you know, I'm told I'm not on the team anymore. I can't go to Colorado Springs for spring training. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm going, like, wait a minute. And they actually picked up two of the girls that I beat in nationals that were pitchers that got to pitch and went there. I actually went to Canada on my own with my mom just to show up, you know, and of course it's thrown in my face and ignored and the whole thing, but that was, that was kind of detrimental. And that was like, that was, oh my a, gosh, that was like a stepping stone to my Olympic dreams that were just like squashed by all politics and, and adults in your life. You know, I just want to play ball and have fun with my friends. I mean, you know, and, and keep moving on and getting better and and 
squash. There you are. That was How did you out. even find the courage to still show up when that was taken away from you? I mean, what is that just who Lisa is? Is it's Lisa thus the optimist who pushes through the challenge? Yeah, and I'm Where not saying that, that I don't get negative at times because we all mm -hmm. certainly do, but I maybe it was a, a hope on my part and my mom or maybe even my mentor, my coach at the time saying go or let's just have you go up there and maybe miraculously they'll let you play. I, you know, I don't know. Or maybe you're right there in their face and something, you know what I mean? I don't know, but it, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And I continued to play. I continued to do things and, and life went on. I wound up going to Texas A&M and played my first year of um, college there, softball, went to school, it was an engineering program. Um, but once again, there's never that straight line. Grandma died and, and oh. my mom, of course, up in Oregon, and I had to come home and help my mom. And, and when you're taking engineering, you're taking, you know, chemistry and what do you call it? I can't even think calculus and all these things. Uh, it was overwhelming to miss that week, seven to 10 days. And so I was in a, in a stew. And this is back when the NC2A didn't have rules saying that you can only practice X amount of hours a day. I mean, you guys aren't doing well and practice started at three and the sun doesn't go down to 730. You're still practicing. And I was mm. in the overweight club. So I got to jog home that extra five miles too. So that took another half an hour to 45 minutes or whatever, you know what I mean? And so it was, it was challenging. And I said, Hey coach, can I just, you know, can I have just a little time off? I've got a study. Can I just leave practice a little early? If I got a study group over here, I'm way behind. Oh no, Lisa, you're panicking. Cause I was like the, like a scholar athlete, the fall season, but here we are in, in the main season. And I won Texas athlete of the year and all these things. And even in my first uh, semester there, but here we are second semester and I'm, I'd been gone and I was just panicking and, and I wasn't getting, I don't ask for help very often. You know what I mean? But when I yeah. do, I, I need it or I'm, I'm pleading in my own way and, and it just didn't happen. But then, but once I made my mind, unfortunately, you know, after giving somebody chances, it just, I went home to California. I quit and I never quit anything. Um, but I went, I moved back home to California. And when that happened, my mom was like, probably stewing in her own mind oh we got to get Lisa back on track you know get back in the horse so to speak and so next thing you know I'm enrolled at UC Berkeley and yes they have a because I almost went to school there that was one of the possibilities of playing ball and it's in Northern California where I'm from so so she goes let's get you in UC Berkeley and you can play softball she talked to coaches or whatever and I'm like you have to redshirt like for one year and I have always played ball, no break, no fun. I mean, that's what was going on in my mind, right? No fun, no break, no anything. It's just been a job and where has it gotten me? You know what I mean? I was kind of feeling yes. down at that time. So I, I took the time off at that time and I said, no, I'm not going to play ball, but I, I did go to school. And by the end of the sem second semester, the coach called me and said, Hey, you know, I, I know you didn't want to play, but maybe we can get you back in next year. And she invited me to go to the East coast with her and play on the Puerto Rican national softball team. She goes, we need another pitcher and, you know, we're traveling around practicing and would you want to join us? Just, I'm sure, you know, just trying to tease me more into getting back <laughs> into shape. So that did it because I'm one of those people 
there's there's my point B, here's point A, Ooh, I've got to start practicing, I've got to get in shape. So, you know, I got in shape and did what I needed to do to get back there. And I did well and little did I know, it was kind of like a little mini tryout. And so I they wanted to know if I wanted to play with them. So that's how I originally joined the Puerto Rican national softball team. And they're US citizens, just like we are, so we can, you know, play. Yeah. And, and you know what, as far as I'm concerned, the Olympic committee, it's, it's whatever they want to do in my own life and on my own lessons that I've learned it's politics and it's however they really want it to be if you know so if I really wanted to go play with Italy I probably could have but maybe not but you know what I mean um so I played with them and we were supposed to play in the Olympics in 88 but in 87 it got canceled so that's when I said I hung up my cleats and I said well I'm not going to play anymore I need to move on because I had graduated from college. I needed to go on with my career. I wasn't going to be one of those people that play softball forever. I mean, I had other aspirations, other dreams. And so I, I went on my, my way and little did I know what, how many, nine years later I'd be in the Olympics. Um, but I started playing tennis. That was what I enjoyed doing. Uh, at that time, at the uh, time, mm -hmm. at the time, my boy, uh, one of the people that I dated, he played tennis and I'm athletic. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's learn something new. So I played tennis and I just loved it. Having been in a team sport my entire life. And, you know, you could be perching a pitching a perfect game and a little dribbler is, you know, hit in the infield and it goes right through the legs of your shortstop or or whatever for the last, and like the easiest thing, but you know, it's a team sport. So it's something happens and you lose a game. Well, with tennis, <clears throat> playing singles, excuse me, some water. <laughs> playing tennis, <clears throat> I, um, I played singles. I played doubles too, but I played singles, but it was all on you. There was nobody, there was nobody else to pass the buck on. You know what I mean? If you were double faulting, not even getting the serve in consistently, you better do something. You better change something to fix that, to get it right. If you're going to survive that match, if you're, you know, whatever it is that's happening, um, all things equal. So it was, it was, it was nice having to, to rely on me. And because I knew that I would tell myself to push harder or to practice this the next time. So that wouldn't happen. And then, but you know, that team sport in me, I love playing doubles because I love that camaraderie of working with somebody that give and take and they pick up the slack for me and vice versa, you know, so the team sports, I just, I do enjoy that. The, the cooperation and the teamwork and the camaraderie you have, I did miss that. Um, so I got, but I got a little bit of everything, but lo and behold, I don't know, it was 90, what is it? 94. Yeah, 94, uh, there was an ad in the paper. Hey, do you want to try out for the Colorado Silver Bullets, the first women's professional baseball team? Well, my husband knew, um, he wasn't my husband then, but my husband knew that um, I'd played softball. He said, well, why don't you go try out? So I'm trying to rack my brain and I get permission from my principal. I was a teacher at the time and um, they gave me permission to leave school early because I signed up for a um, tryout in Sacramento. So I'm driving there and I'm gonna be there early, on time, but usually early. And I was there and I get there and there's like nobody there. How could nobody be here? I'm early. So I'm trying to call people and he actually happened to go to school 
with the coach of the um, Boston Red Sox, who was one of the friends um, of the coaches that was doing it, because there was Joe Negro, Phil Negro, Tommy Jones, some big um, names there, players mm-hmm. there. So we somehow circled around and and you know got the phone call and and uh, they had switched. Unbeknownst to me, they didn't let me know they had switched fields. So I'm like scrambling. This is before all of the, I mean, there's cell phones, but it's not like it is today. So, you know what I mean? I'm trying to, where am I going? Help somebody find me a map. And, you know, so I'm finding it and there's, and I get there and there's like only 15 minutes left, literally. By the time I get there, the tryout and girls are putting on their cleats, are taking off their cleats and packing up, going home. And, and it'd been raining. So it's wet out there. And I throw on my cleats. I run out, you know, to the field and I, of course, my mindset wasn't right because I was so upset, you know, all of the yeah. nerves and all discombobulated. Of the- yes. Oh, yes. Discombobulated. I mean, you know, I was ready and I was prepared, but yet it all went wrong. And so I had the worst tryout. I mean, the ball was scooting on the ground, so it was wet. So and I didn't have time to sit there and practice, you know what I mean? To get the right mindset, to make the adjustments that you need to throw the ball the way you needed to and to hit and just the whole thing. It was, it was horrendous. And I didn't realize how bad I wanted to make the team or I don't know if it was make the team, but just do well. Right. And I, I cried all the way home to myself and I get home and I'm looking up and I'm, I go, are there any tryouts left? <laughs> there's, there's two more tryouts left. And one was, I don't know, it was too far away. And it was during the middle of the week and I couldn't leave, miss school. So I found one that was on the weekend and it was in Denver because we were called the Colorado Silver Bullets for um, course, which is in Colorado. So I said, okay, I'll go to Colorado. And it was a snowstorm and my mom came with me and it was a snowstorm and, and it was, we rented a car and it was late at night and we skid into the snowbank, and I'm like, oh my God, nothing happened to the car. Amazing. Nothing happened to us. Okay, let's keep moving. But I had, I was so focused and determined that it was I was going to be there and do it right, and and I got invited to spring training, and it's just having that determination and that and that will. I mean, don't and having the courage to go back out a second time, right? I yes, mean, you I, just you you just never took almost never took no for an answer, right? Or, if you really want something, you've got to go after it. I mean, now mind you, sometimes no is no. And if somebody gives you all the reasons, I mean, if it really is a true factor and you hear it from like, well, maybe not, I shouldn't say that. No is never no. You just keep working harder to, to overcome that challenge that they may have put in front of you. Right. Why, why, yeah. Why is this a no? It's, it's, that's one of my rings. It's learning through failure. It's failure is not the end. Um, you've got to keep moving forward. So you just learn from that lesson and you move on. You learn from the next lesson and move on. You just keep, you don't fail. You just move, learn from something that just didn't go right. Um, But I made it to there. And consequently I did make the team. And as we were playing um, that year, 95 uh, for the Colorado Silver Bullets, we were at the Oakland Coliseum. I wasn't playing that day, but I got interviewed by a radio station and that radio station carried all the way to Puerto Rico. They heard, ah. they heard my name, Lisa Martinez, cause I still wasn't married yet. And they're going, Ooh, I wonder if that's the same Lisa Martinez. So I get a phone call like the next day. And they said, Hey, the Olympics are going to be a sport in 96. Do you want to 
play. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. So I went, I, I went and we, we played and um, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, we, we made it, we won and we made it to the Olympics. Now I needed shoulder surgery in February of the year of the Olympics. So unfortunately I, I barely was, I think I, it took, they said it would take at least three months and it did take the full three months before I could even start picking up a ball. And in three weeks later, I had to be in China for a practice match before July Olympics. I wasn't able to, I was always a great hitter as well. So I, if I wasn't pitching, I was playing outfield or first base, some other position. Um, but usually for Puerto Rico it was pitcher and outfield. But because all I had time to do was train my arm to pitch. So that's all I was able to do. But I got to the Olympics. It was phenomenal. And I, I realized my dreams. But if I had not have had the courage to go try out for the Silver Bullets, to go out and try out a second time, to keep going through all of the challenges to make the team, because it was like spring training, like the big boys. Um, now we're the big not girls. Easy. Yes. No, and they're cutting, they are taking a squad of like, I don't know, 50 people down to however many that were on the end team, 18 or something. Um, you know, it was, it was trying and, but I made it and I did whatever I had to do to make the team. And, and then that allowed Puerto Rico to hear this radio interview all the way down there to hear me to, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's mind boggling. Wow. How are all of these things connecting? My focus, but, my dream, it must've still been deep in my subconscious mind to be in the Olympics yes. somehow even though it wasn't consciously out there, it was there and, and just, or just always that determination to constantly be the best you can be, keep focusing on whatever it is you need to focus on. And, and you just need to be aware. Sometimes it's right there and it's, sometimes it's okay to make that right turn. You know, sometimes you got to make that shift because it is going to get you where you want to go. Wow. Well, that has taken you in several directions, but I would say the right direction overall, because look at where you are now, you're able to draw upon all of these experiences of trial and failure and retry and effort and focus. And now you're helping other people. You're helping others to look at, as you said, your five rings of success, just based on how you've lived your life and all of the challenges that you've overcome. I don't even have to ask you like, what challenges did you have to overcome? But I would ask you, if you had to change one thing, if you could go back and maybe do something differently, what would it be? just in any, in anything, not just in sports. I think, although I'm talking with you now and it's comfortable, I believe I would have done more speaking, more, more speaking and communication because in order to be successful, in order to be enthusiastic, you are selling yourself, which means you need to have the language the, that, that helps you sell yourself and just the practice, 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 practice. I don't care even if you're 
already a speaker, or even if you're a pitcher, or if you're a dancer, or if you're um, a teacher, you need to practice to hone your skills so that you become the best you can be. But for me, I think the one thing is I, I, I wish I would have perhaps started speaking and thinking about doing these kinds of things a little sooner because I could have then shared and helped more people along the way sooner because I wanna help people take real action, not just by thinking, but by doing, by moving forward so that they can reignite that flame or that passion in their heart to, to find their passion and their purpose so that they can move forward in whatever they, and it doesn't have to be a job. It could be a career change. It could be just overcoming maybe a bad relationship or finding that good, you know, that, that the good relationship that you want to have, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is you want to do, I want to help people get there, get there faster. Um, so don't have to go through so yes. many curveballs like I did on the uh, intended, but yeah, I just well, you, you certainly never gave up, and and along the way, I don't know, was there one particular person who was um, in your ear going like, "You can do this," or you know, "Don't give up on it." Was there someone that was in your life that you would say was the person? who helped you um, make it through maybe some of the hardest times? There have been different people throughout different times of your life. Cause as I mean, sometimes you lose touch with some people. So there might be different people and phases. The one constant, obviously the one constant is my mom. My mother mm. has always been very supportive of whatever I do, you know, and wanted you know, encouraged me to go forward and do those things. Sometimes she'd play the devil advocate sometimes, and that would irritate me. No, mom, I can do this. You know what I mean? Maybe it was intentional, who knows? But but she's always been supportive. She was always there with all my games. She was always there. She knew what was going on. And so she would help me, you know what I mean? Move forward. Later in life, my husband has been an incredible um support I think a support system I mean I think if you just you need to surround yourself with positive people oh. I mean a bottom line is that I mean bottom line that's what I'm saying and boom I mean I say that all the time you need to surround yourself with like-minded people but you need to surround yourself with supportive people people that are going to help you achieve your dream it may not be their dream and and but they have their own dreams and they're trying to do things. So they're gonna be supportive of yours and help you move forward or maybe help you find that next coach or maybe help you find uh, somebody like right now, I mean, I'm getting ready to do some promotions and I don't have all the answers and I certainly don't have all the time to learn everything step-by-step. Step. So I asked one of my mentors and he gave me a name of somebody that could help me with you know, to help build some traffic and with the Facebook ads, you know, sometimes it's just surrounding your people with those people. You may not talk to them every day, but you know what? You could go and they're going to be there for you. They're going to answer that phone or they're going to schedule that time with you, or they're going to go out to dinner with you or whatever it is and listen to you. And, and sometimes just listen to you, right? Sometimes you just need just something listen. to talk to. That's it. Sometimes you just need someone to listen to you. 
Mm -hmm. um, because okay. you've got to get it out of your head, mm -hmm. right? It's all up here and you've got to get it out. So in, in terms of your proudest professional accomplishment, what would you say that has been? And she's looking up at the sky. <laughs> I am very proud of my most recent, actually it's a huge accomplishment because as I said, speaking was probably something I should have done many moons ago. And I just recently did a, a TEDx talk um, in November. Wow, what an experience that was. Whoa. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of the effort, of the practice, of the drive, of the people that helped me, that were willing to help me and that I went to and I asked for help because I'm not the kind of person that always asks for help, but I am more so now, but I'm just proud that I, I, I did it, I achieved it, I accomplished it. That helps provide me with the next stepping stones, you know, of some other, other things that I wanna achieve in life. But I mean, certainly I've won some, you know, like, I mean, one thing Texas athlete of the year, being in the Olympics, being on the first women's professional baseball team. But one thing that stands out in that venue was I threw a no hitter against an all men's team <laughs> on the professional baseball team. So that, that stands out as something that's pretty amazing. We won, we only won two games that first season and that was one of them. And of course I couldn't have done it with my, my team because they're catching balls and they're fielding balls and, you know, I'm pitching, it was a team effort, but I did throw a no hitter and it was, that was pretty phenomenal in a lot of the things, but as you know, but I would, that was my arena. I was, that was what I was used to, but what was different about the Ted talks is I was out of my Comfort, out of my zone. comfort zone. Yes. I yes. Totally did something way outside of my comfort zone and succeeded. So that's why I think I would say, you know, when I started with that one, but as far as athletically, they're, they're probably throwing the no hitter when I was on the Colorado Silver Bullets was probably phenomenal for me on that end. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about the five rings of success and, and where that comes from and why it's so important for you to be using your voice at this point in time to talk more and to share, but to help others understand what you believe is that recipe for success. It's so important. The five rings of success help people achieve whatever success they want to achieve. You know, whether it's their health, their wealth, um, their relationships, whatever it is that you want to achieve. And there's five of them. One of them is undivided commitment. And that's where I discussed where you have a courage and dedication and a positive attitude. And then ring number two, I talk about the drive work ethic. And this is where your desire and your motivation come in. Also your goals and then actually working, but working smarter, not harder. So I think that's really important because I know I've worked hard in my life. And maybe if I would have had a few tips here and there and had some people speaking to me more, I would have worked a little smarter. So that's really important. Um, the third ring is failure is not the end. And this is where your determination and 
gaining confidence and having that perseverance come in. Because as I said before, you don't, there's never any failure. It's just a learning experience. So you can keep moving forward. Um, so long as you keep moving forward and learn from your mistakes, whether, and you got it, the sooner you do it, the faster you'll get there. I mean, don't wait like a year because something happened to you and then take that step. You've just got to keep, you've just got to take a step in any direction to keep moving forward. Um, uh, the fourth ring is utilizing visualization and that's where concentration, visualization and self-fulfilling prophecy come in. And that is just a huge, it's one of my favorite ones. And number five is building endurance. And that is where you learn to manage some stress, optimizing your day, and then just the power of purpose. And to be able to, you know, take all of those things and accomplish. It's, it's a mindset. It's, it's, it's truly a mindset, but there are also tools in there to help you get there. And then of course, I, you know, I do, do take on some clients where I work on, with them um, sometimes in group or one-on-one -on -one, where I help them further, you know what I mean? To, to accomplish those things. So. I think what you said, it's so important. Um, so let me say first, I'm a visual person too. So even when there is a problem or a challenge, when I'm sitting and thinking through, I'm, I'm literally looking and seeing how I can do something. So I, I definitely am with you with the visualization. But I think the most important thing that I, I've latched on to is when you said, don't wait. After failure, don't wait. And you know we wait because we're hurt, we're disappointed, we may be angry, we're frustrated, or we, we, yes, we're fear, we're, we're afraid. Um, afraid of what people will say, afraid of how it looked. Um, but I love the don't wait, get right back up, which I think is so important. Um, people who wait, start to build up, I think, barriers or excuses, or they get, you also said distractions, don't get distracted. They get distracted when there are these long pauses around or after failure. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things that I talk about is focus, you know, is one of my tips. It's like, you've got to focus, 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 because there can no, not be any distractions. There's only focusing on whatever it is you need to accomplish, period, end of subjects, because that's, you know, what's going to get you to where you want to go, right? I, I think so. Um, but, you know, people who give up, as you say, like they change directions, you know, and although you say on your journey, you may find that it's never a straight line. But as you sort of illustrated with your passion and love of sports and specifically um, softball, you never strayed from that dream of playing and being on a team. So you made a couple of right turns, left turns, fell off the wagon completely. You did take some time, but you never got distracted and jumped to something else. And sometimes we bail, you know, we just, we bail and we go in a completely different direction. And then we're missing what you talked about is the passion around the purpose. Because then you're not so, maybe not so happy with what you're doing. I mean, 
So if you had something that you wanted to share with women, you know, what, uh, we're, we're big supporters, of course, of every woman. And all of the stories and journeys we hear are so important. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important also to impart that very important thing that you want another woman to know or to make sure that she uh, uh, is aware of when she may be reaching out to help another woman? What, what would you impart? What would you share? Just, I, I would say in helping with people, I, I just met somebody recently and we were just, we were talking and next thing you know, she's asking me something and I, I, I said something that sparked her. I mean, don't be afraid to share what you do or share what vision you may have because that may be somebody else's vision or somebody else's dream and you can help them get there faster or have the courage to take that step forward that we're, I'm always talking about. Don't be afraid. I mean, you don't wanna be overbearing and you know, totally unsolicited. I mean, you know what I mean? Just don't be overbearing and you know, getting on into somebody's business. But if somebody asks you and you share, you know, even just briefly, and then they keep asking you and there's an interest, I mean, don't be afraid to share some nuggets that you've learned. I mean, because it, it could be important to that person. And I, and I do believe it was important to that person, uh, to that, that day that I met her. And, and it was interesting is at the event we were, it was on Easter and we were at a friend's house and, it, and at the event we were at, uh, the person hosting the party had us do something and I was busy writing it just, it was, it was funny. It was like something that I would have people do, you know, at, at a seminar or something um, in my classroom or whatever. And I was busy writing because I'm like all into it. I'm like, Ooh, this is good. Right. So I'm like doing it and something that you were thankful for. And then what did, would you want to, to have for next year? As simply as put as, and so anyway, and she was just sitting there and I said, we just had this conversation. I said, you need to visualize, you need to put that down. This is kind of like your baby step dream vision board. Because when you focus on something, when you see something all the time, that's all you are working on accomplishing. And so I, I said, here's this crayon. I handed it to her and, and I said, get busy writing. What, what are the things that you want specifically to what we were talking about earlier? And well, next thing you know, she needed a whole second because we had this placement, <laughs> a whole second placement. I said, okay, here, here I have it. Here's an extra one. There was nobody sitting here. It was kind of funny, but um, I do. I believe in visualization. I believe in helping and sharing with others, you know, when it's, when it's the right time. And I would say, the other thing I would say, do a dream board, do a dream vision board. I'm looking at one right now. I know you can't see it, but across <laughs> from my computer, I look at it all the time. And when, and you need to reevaluate it once a year, because you know what? You may have accomplished something on that board. And now we need, you know, if it came to be, right? So right. You take that thing off and what's the next thing that's going to replace that? What's that next thing you want to accomplish? I don't know. I hope that helps. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Having it right in front of you and a reminder of sort of what you 
what you wanted to accomplish, what you wanted to achieve. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe some of the failure that you experience, you look back at that board, as you said, and you just, you restack that deck um, because maybe you need to adjust. You talked about mindset in the beginning and you you repeated that in in that on your journey, it's all about mindset and being able to shift that mindset without losing your focus because you said, don't get distracted, keep that focus. And when you fail, get right back up and go for it all over again. Mm -hmm. I think those are, are some really great uh, words of advice. This is just exciting. Well, I would ask you, what makes you smile in the morning? What is it that makes Lisa happy? What makes you smile? Knowing that I can get up each day and, and share, like, share with you, uh, share with people through the voice. I also have my uh, dog and he, Max. He's what helped me get through a few tough times um, about 10, 11 years ago. And, and then I, he made me smile. Next thing you know, I see he's making other people smile. Um, so my husband and I love, we started a, I started an Instagram account and we, I mean, we post and we share it to him and then we share things through our audience that way. That makes me happy. It's just what makes me happy. And what makes me smile is I'm doing the things that I want to be doing, making, mm -hmm. making those choices to do what you want to do, whether it yeah. be other people, whether it be ballroom dancing to give you that joy that sparks you for the rest of the day or for the rest of the week, whatever it is. Um, just knowing that I'm helping others, knowing that I'm doing things finally that make me happy and I enjoy smiling and then that passes it forward and smiles to other people. And you know, that next thing you know, they're smiling back at you. It's just, I don't know. I just like smiling actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the shower test. Are you happy? Are you smiling? Are you doing what you enjoy doing? Yeah. Many of us aren't. So I do hope that, you know, someone listening today really thinks about, as you said, giving themselves permission to do something, to find an escape, um, to put a smile on your face, to be open to share with others um, and not really take your eye off the prize. Well, this has been great. I want you to tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get in touch with you uh, if they want to learn more about you and what you're doing after listening to this great conversation? Well, there's two ways. Of course, I have my website, which is lisashauber.com. And then the other way is meetlisa360.com. And what's neat about the meetlisa360.com is if it connects all of the social medias in one. So my website will be on there. So if you want to go to the website, you can get there. If you want to go to my LinkedIn, you can get there. If you want to get, if you're a Facebook person, you know what I mean? If you want to know about uh, my dog, Max, one up Max and his story, <laughs> you can go there if you want to click on the button. So meetlisa360.com or lisashaver.com would be the two best ways to get in touch. 
I love it. And I hope they do go out, seek you out and learn more about you, what you're doing. And one up Max, I did see that he is a star. Uh, so we love that. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This was great. We enjoyed having you. Uh, and I really look forward to seeing more about what you're doing. Congratulations on your recent book that you oh, have yes, out. You. Yes. 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 What's the name of the book? For I, have the two, I have two books out. There's a children's book um, called Max and Marigold, Runic and the Crystal Cave. Um, and the other one is Unforgettable, which is an adult story. Um, so I don't know. Well, it's about a well, Yeah. So they're anyway, they're both on um, uh, Amazon. Awesome. If you look up Lisa Shaver, you can find it. It's Unforgettable. And then the other one is Max and Marigold, Runic and the Crystal Gate. And there are two more coming in the Max and Marigold series. Lisa is doing what makes her happy and helping others along the way. Thank you, Lisa. It oh, was a pleasure you. having you on the podcast. I'm so honored to have been here. Thank you for inviting me.